0: This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the It's All About Experience Management podcast, where guests from around the world share with you strategies and easy-to-implement ideas for improving the experience and transforming your business. Your host, Jason S. Bradshaw, has spent decades helping leaders like you and organizations across the world improve the experience and grow their businesses. Now, over to Jason and this week's guest.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the All About Experience Management podcast. I'm your host, Jason S. Bradshaw, and it's so great to have the listeners with us today. Joining me is Kay Miller. She is the an expert on sales. Kay first made her mark as an outside salesperson for Walker Exhaust, the largest automotive muffler manufacturer in the world. While she was there, she was named Walker's Salesperson of the Year, an accolade that earned her a nickname, Muffler Mama. Kay has been a top sales performer ever since. She's the author of a new book, Uncoppable Sales Secrets. It's packed with engaging personal stories, plus powerful strategies and actions you can start using immediately to make more sales. Kay, it's so great to have you on the show.
2: Thank you, Jason. I am excited
1: to be here. Fantastic. Now, I loved reading your book. Now, there was one problem for me, though, because while I was reading it, I was sitting on a plane. And I get to the moment where you reveal that you were called Muffler Mama and I burst out laughing in the (laughs) middle of the night. And let's just say I had some very upset people about me making a lot of noise. I have no idea for some obvious reasons what it would be like working as a female in a heavily male-dominated industry. And I would imagine the muffler business is definitely a male-dominated industry. What was it like for you forging the path in sales as a female in the muffler business.
2: You are right. It was very male dominated. And as one of very few women, I had in some ways an advantage because as I talk about in the book, you want to be unique. You want to be seen as uncopyable. And of course, being a woman in that industry, I definitely was. But then again, I had some credibility issues. So I was working for this manufacturer and they manufactured mufflers and catalytic converters and all the supporting infrastructure, the pipes and all of that for automobiles. If your listeners probably won't have a visual on me, but this was a very, very glamorous job that I had. I I sold through distribution and as I was helping them make more sales because that's the my, you know, that was the best way I could be successful is to help my distributors be more successful. I realized, you know, I don't know anything about auto automotive exhaust products. So I decided that, that I would put myself in the customer's shoes, really learn about it from their perspective. And that's how I ended up learning to install a muffler and got the name Muffler Mama. And I have to say, the nickname was very cordial. And once I got into this industry, the men who worked in the industry were actually very kind to me and really good to me. Ironically, and this still happens sometimes, women were my worst enemies. The women were more catty and I don't know, but the men were actually very supportive. It was really an adventure. It was a learning experience. And I have to say, since sales is really such a people business, it doesn't matter as much what the product or service is, in my opinion. If you can relate to the customer, let them know that you really care about them, you're really going to win at sales. And of course, you're going to win at customer experience, which is your specialty.
1: Yeah, I love that you bring it back to the reality that at the end of the day, it's people serving people and being interested in them is part of being successful, regardless of whether you're a unicorn in the industry or whether you know how to install a muffler at the start of the start of your career. Um, I've worked in automotive as well, and I can assure you I still have no idea how to install a muffler. <laughs> and I drive an electric car now, so I don't think it's There you go. I know. Mufflers
2: me. are going away, actually. <laughs> of course, it wasn't so much that I knew how to install a muffler. That was not part of the job, but the fact that I learned how to do it to show my... That was all about showing my customer that I cared, showing them that I wanted to know the business from their perspective, something that you just can't read in a book. And it really was about how they perceived me because I did that.
1: I can't think of anything more powerful than demonstrating to your customer just how much you care and how much you're willing to do to understand their world. It's absolutely vital. Now, Kay, I think I know the answer to this question because I have read your book, but how do you think sales impacts the experience delivered?
2: I've given this some thought because of course I've read your book too, which is fabulous. And I love the way you talk about, especially one of my favorite things is that you talk about how the way you treat employees is really as important as how you treat customers, because those employees are going to be the ones who totally generate that experience. But how does your customer's experience start? Of course, they might find you online, they might read about you, They might you might advertise to them. But really the true one-on-one customer experience starts with sales. And so that whole sales process is really your first impression. It gives so much meaning to your customer. That's when they are maybe feeling more, more vulnerable about what they're going to do or decide. So how you treat a customer as a salesperson to me has a huge impact on the overall experience.
1: Yeah, I think the salesperson is setting up the promises of what the future holds if they do business with you. A salesperson always has a choice to tell the truth and to add value or to get the sale at any cost and then create disappointment ultimately if they've promised stuff that can't be delivered. And if you're an, in,
2: yeah any kind of relationship sales or ongoing sales really so it's so critical for you to start out letting them know that you care about them mm-hmm.
1: and just goes to reinforce that every part of the business from has the ability to impact the experience and the reputation of an organization so kate tell us about your new book what's the title why do you write it who should read it The title is
2: Uncopyable Sales Secrets, and then it's got a subtitle, it's quite a mouthful, How to Create an Unfair Advantage and Outsell Your Competition. And I feel, of course, that any salesperson will benefit from this book. I do cover basics in this book, but when people say, oh yeah, I've heard that before, my response is always, do you do them? because we've all had so many sales experiences. One of the biggest mistakes salespeople make is they talk too much and don't listen. And so I do talk a lot about that in the book, but I also talk about how you can have a unique branding proposition. Like I talk about my muffler story. One of my favorite parts of your book is how you open it up and talk about your history and all the things you did as just a young guy. That is uncopyable. No one else has that story. And if you haven't read Jason's book, you need to go get it and read it. Because that whole story gives you so much personality and relatability. So I talk about how to have a unique branding proposition as, your, as yourself, not just your company's branding proposition, but your own. And then I talk about selling in the way that we'd all like to be sold to, which is we want to buy. When we buy something, say you bought your new electric car, you didn't say, oh yeah, they sold me a new electric car. They gave you the information to make the decision and the decision was yours and the way that they, hopefully they did a great job and found out what was important to you and didn't tell you everything in the world about that car, but they addressed the things that you really cared about and then you said, that's the car I want. So you bought, and it wasn't about them selling you, and it certainly wasn't about them throwing up all the benefits on you. So when you can create a win-win for the customer, help them to make the decision to buy, that leads to the very best sales experiences.
1: I was preparing for this podcast, going through my Kindle edition of your book. That's where I highlight stuff because I, I like to keep the actual printed copy nice and clean. <laughs> and one of the things I highlighted was, you have a section in the book where you say, winners make a habit of doing things losers don't do. So do you want to expand on that for the audience? What do you mean by winners make a habit of doing things that losers don't?
2: Do? I think a lot of, of the sales process and even including listening is discipline when you think about it we all like to talk we like to talk about ourselves we like to tell our opinions and it's about putting thought into the fact that into what needs to be done maybe I feel like sleeping in no I'm going to get up and make an extra sales call or make a phone call or learn about this company and it's about doing the hard things and about having a good work ethic because your customers are relying on you, they want to trust you, and so you know, that that's the way I put it. Winners do the things that others don't like to do. Maybe we don't even like to do them as winners, but we know they need to be done. We have the discipline to do them.
1: Yeah, the, the habit of doing the work to get the result, the what would you? I was going to say what my biggest takeaway from the book is. But I won't do that. I'll turn it over to you. What do you think is the biggest takeaway from the book for someone that reads it?
2: I do think there there are a lot of really important concepts in this book: being unique, being uncopyable, serving the customer. I think really the that concept that we just talked about help the customer buy, help be a resource for them help them be their guide because that builds trust that puts the decision in their hands but of course you are affecting that decision you are persuading them you're finding out what they want and there's then you're showing them how you can deliver it but it's still their decision I've been at the other end of sales calls where they're selling from a script or they are starting at one end of their presentation with the history of the company and going on to who knows what. No, creating a simple win for the customer by finding out what they truly care about and then showing them how you can help them get it. Really boiling it down to that, I think is the big message of this book.
1: Oh, fantastic. Now. Of course, part of selling is actually just being able to get in front of someone to start with, right? If you can't actually get the meeting, it's going to be very difficult to get the sale to improve the experience. And you have a chapter in the book called You've Got to Get in the Door. Whether you're selling widgets or software or selling an idea, trying to get a CFO to agree to funding something in your organisation, you've got to get in the door. What are some of the hints and tips that you have to... Help people get in the door so they can have the conversation. I'll give you
2: one of my favorite sayings for the book from the book, and it is: "Look at what everyone else is doing and don't do it." <laughs> it's because a lot of people, first of all, a lot of salespeople will look at what's working for someone else and then do that. But really. I talk about direct mail and sending things in the mail. Is that, what do you call it in Australia? Do you call it the the mail or the post? Okay. So sending something in the mail is a great way to stand out, especially nowadays when everything is so virtual, that's one way to be different and stand out. But also, start by giving instead of asking. I don't know about you on LinkedIn, but I get these pitches. I even get pitches from LinkedIn asking, are you ready to try our ad program? That is not the way to start a relationship. I'm working with a a senior living community right now, and they have put together a booklet to help people downsize as they get older. And that's something that they send out to their prospects. They are giving them something useful and they are not starting by asking, saying, Do you want to come in and look at our facility and you want to take a tour? If you can find things that will be of value to the prospect you're calling on, the person you want to get a meeting with, you know, as much as you can find out about them, of course, we talk about your target market and we call that your moose. Like an animal in the forest, you're not going to waste your time on bears or deers or rabbits. You're going for a moose. So once you decide who your moose is, and especially if you know what kind of value that moose could be to you as a long-term customer, you can spend time and resources, money, to get the attention of that moose. And the more you can make it about them and give them something of value first, the better chance you have to get their attention.
1: Mm. And of course, being able to deliver value in advance of the sale takes knowing who your customer is in the first place. And if you're trying to serve everybody, it's very difficult to actually get a piece of information or something that would deliver value because you can't narrow it down to their clear and to the clear customer so absolutely love the moose analogy that you provide in the book and i love how throughout the book and I, again i'd encourage listeners to get a copy of the everywhere great books are sold easiest way is of course on amazon one click and it's in your inbox uh, but one of the things that i love about the book is that it doesn't actually feel like a sales book to me. (laughs) It was such a great read because you do share your stories from being nicknamed Muffler Mama through to some other great stories in the book where you just make it such an easy read to relate to the process of selling, but selling through creating value and relationships. Which I think in itself is uncoppable, because most people, as you say, won't do the work that's necessary to make those long-term results happen. And as you point out,
2: you have to do the work to learn about your customer before you can really deliver value. But I love that you point out the stories, and I know that was one of the things I liked about your book so much is the stories that you have. And in selling too, if you can say, if you you use statistics, 90% of our customers are happy when they do X, Y, Z. That's one thing. But if you can tell the story of a specific customer, I tell a story in the book about a customer that had bought a machine that was a lower quality. And then that machine had an explosion. Luckily, no one was hurt. But then that sales team went out and they'd say are you concerned about safety and the reason I'm asking is that we have this customer and and explain what happened to someone like them so anytime you can use a story in sales it's more memorable too than just spouting statistics and numbers or whatever that you have so stories are so powerful we all relate to them it helps us remember information and it helps us stand out in people's minds.
1: You're not, unfortunately, you're not teaching everybody in the world how to be uncompable at sales. I want to flip the coin a little bit here and ask, Have you? what would be the worst sales experience you've had as a potential purchase?
2: I talk about one, and I hate to pick on the timeshare industry because I think the timeshare industry gets picked on enough, but... That is one that stands out to me because any time that the per the other person does all the talking, you I have a friend that this happened to and she said I felt angry by the time they were done because they were taking my time. But also when you hear this deal is only good if you act now, that is just the worst. It's the it's pressure forces you to make a decision that you will regret and I've been in some of those situations probably one of the funniest ones was back in the I don't know this doesn't happen anymore door-to-door salespeople Mm -hmm. and I remember when I was pregnant and I had this horrible acid reflux problem and a guy came door-to-door and he was selling crates of citrus fruit like grapefruits and oranges and he just said you have gotta have these he just talked me into it so my husband comes home and there's this big crate of oranges and grapefruits and lemons, and he said, "But you can't eat any of that right now because you're having this horrible acid reflux. It's just when there's too much pressure, when you feel like you're being sold instead of you're buying, that's the worst."
1: Yeah, that guy was the door knocker selling you the citrus fruits. He he probably walked away going, "Yes, I've got another one on my quota." how should we manage the performance or measure the performance of a sales associate? Is it just purely on the numbers or is there something else we should be looking at?
2: I think that knowing what actions bring the sales is just as important because salespeople will always go through dry spells. And if you aren't making sales, it can be so discouraging so if you really drill down you know your closing rate you know how many sales calls it takes you can figure out how many sales calls you need to make how many people in your pipeline that you need to transfer the number of sales that you want but even because when i was became the top salesperson for the automotive company i went way past my goal so i didn't just rely on what my goal was i it's exciting to make sales and blow through your goals But it really is important to track the number of sales calls. How many people are in your pipeline? How many prospects do you have that have raised their hands, that you're talking to? Because that keeps you encouraged even when you're not making sales.
1: And I guess it also probably gives you an insight to areas that you could improve on. If you have a really low closing rate then perhaps part of stories that you're telling or the even the approach that you're taking is impacting that closing rate. So
2: there might not there might be something that you need to fix. Mm-hmm. And I do looking at the customers I already have think why did they buy? What worked with them? And that gives you pretty good information going forward on what you need to do.
1: Fantastic. So how can people Get a copy of all that you of all the work that you do. There's some great resources on your website. How can people find you on the web and track and keep up with your work?
2: First of all, as Jason pointed out, go get my book on Amazon.com, and if you look, Uncopyable Sales Secrets. My husband actually has a marketing book, a companion book called Uncopyable. So just look up Uncopyable. I do have a website, UncopyableSales.com. If you go to uncopyablesales.com slash Jason, you can download a chapter of the book for free. So that's one way to take a look even before you buy. And if you want to follow me or connect on LinkedIn, I'm open to connections. I am instead of K Miller, I'm Miller K. So LinkedIn.com slash Miller K.
1: Okay, we'll have all of those details in the show notes to make it really easy for people to get their hands on that free copy, or sorry, I should say the free chapter of your book. And thank you, Kay, for doing I've checked it out. I know which, which chapter they're getting, so I know that they're going to absolutely love that. Before we go, Kay, when this episode's wrapped up and the listeners getting on with their day, what's one thing that they should do straight away or as quickly as possible to improve the experience that they deliver.
2: So my recommendation would be to go to one of your customers and ask why they buy. Pick up the phone because they might have a totally different reason than you have thought about and it can be just a great resource of information for you going forward to find out in their words why they buy.
1: Just another step to make sure that they understand who the customer is. I think that's a fantastic way to wrap up the show. Thanks again, Kay, for being on the episode.
2: Thank you so much, Jason.
1: And thank you to our listeners for supporting the show and for recommending the show. Until next time, stay well.
0: Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. And don't forget to check out any bonus content mentioned in today's episode at allaboutxm.com. You can find more information about Jason at jasonsbradshaw.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.